0: this is the civilized barking podcast with zach jackson i'm zach
2: he's jason this is the civilized barking podcast It's usually post-game. We weren't going to do it post-game Christmas Eve anyway, uh, even without some outside circumstances. So keep trickling in. We appreciate it joining us. I know a lot of people aren't working today. Some of you are. Uh, We appreciate you guys joining, reading, chatting, sweating, crying, uh, banging your head against the wall with us all the time. We we know what this is like. We're on this ride. So as far as Miles Garrett not starting, you know, that's something I would always notice if I'm at the game and I wasn't at the game um i contracted some of this nasty respiratory stuff that's been going around for like three months and um you know last week frankly there was one day i felt off and it's because i was at the Cavs game the night before i thought well i stayed up past my bedtime and i drank beer and ate bad food and i don't feel off and then the next day i couldn't get out of bed so i'm much better thanks for asking jason how are you merry christmas
1: Merry Christmas, Zach. Uh, I also I was at the game, but I was not working. I took my son for uh, to to expose him to hypothermia and frostbite (laughs) because I'm father of the year and he'd never been to a game because I'm always covering him. And so we tried going to the last game last year. He got sick, woke up sick the morning of the Bengals game. So didn't take him uh, and said this year, by God, we're going we're going to go brave the elements and I'm going to take you to your first Browns game. And we were late getting there. So I did not see the miles thing because it took over an hour with the weather and the traffic and the road conditions and everything else. So we were late getting into the stands. And by the fourth quarter, I couldn't feel my face or my toes or my fingers. I couldn't see color. And I was praying to every football God I could think of, please, if the Browns score, do not kick the extra point and send us <laughs> overtime. Please go for two. So we have some- They would've. They would've. Closer to this. You think they'd have gone for two? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And we can talk about, you know, we can talk about game management and drop passes and what this is all about. And we will to an extent, Um, but here's the thing guys. And and first I want to say when the dumping thing happened in Miami, I I caught it. Um, Shout out to Scott Petrack who we both know and and respect for asking that question today. Um, There's one thing to talk about. And that's that in the season that sunk, uh, Miles Garrett gets team discipline and doesn't play. Miles Garrett, your most talented player by a wide margin. Miles Garrett, who's been here for six years, who's a team captain, who's counted upon to do superhuman things and often does them. Um, This signifies a lost season. This signifies an organization that really has many, many issues. And a lot of them are discipline and management and keeping guys in line and just asking for simple things, which is the best effort and engagement every week. Right. We don't have a ton of details. Um, You know, Jason, we. We hear things all the time, right? And and we were able to document some things last year. There was a missed meeting, right, Beca- uh, by Kevin with the quarterback at the time because he had to deal with Miles, right? We know Miles right. has a platform. We know Miles enjoys having that platform. We know Miles has been high maintenance in the past. But this is the type of shit, guys, and, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, that gets people fired, that signifies changes made, that signifies the season's way off the rails. And so – I'm sitting here torn saying, well, let's not overreact to coaching decisions, drop balls, uh, bad play, all the things that happened Saturday, because in a way, the season's been lost for a long time, many months, at least weeks. Right. But then this happens and it's like all wounds are open and all things are back on the table because the Browns are a lost cause again. And two years ago feels like two decades ago. And now you've got this major, major thing involving your most gifted player or at least second most gifted player, because I, I think you can assume that your quarterback could become, should be your most gifted
1: player. Yeah. I can't argue with anything uh, that you're saying. I've, I've, I've obviously tried to defend Kevin at, at various turns this year while also saying, I, I think it's been a, a disappointment year and there've been games where I put squarely on the coaching um, Saturday. It was just odd. It was just, it was just an odd day and an odd season. And it does feel like a lost year. And you know, it's funny because like I thought it was gonna be a lost year when the suspension increased to eleven games, but it wound up being not for the reasons that we thought. The quarterback played better, although, you know, I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but Jacoby obviously mm-hmm. played better than we thought that he would, but he did have crippling interceptions that ended games that should have been wins. And if you look at the totality of things, you look at the games that they've lost by three points or less, and you say, They're not that far off. They're not that far off, they're not that far off. But then you can flip to the other side and and see things like the star player being benched for a series and and, and zach i don't know like so you want to you want to hold everyone accountable and you want to hold everyone in the same bar so do you without knowing i mean yeah you know we you and i have talked within recent weeks of things that we've heard going on but nothing's confirmed so we can't really say yes or no so was i terribly surprised when you texted me and said miles is benched for the first drive no not not really uh, but at the same time, do you put that on on the player for doing something wrong? Do you put that on the coaches for a, a silly – like, if you're going to bench a guy, bench him. I don't know what the one-drive thing does other than bring more attention to it. So I, I, just, I just don't know where to, where to take that or what, yeah. what to make of it.
2: Right. Like, you know, seasons are hard, right? And they're full of stories and subplots and things you have to overcome. And we're talking about a team that struggles to adjust on the field. Right, We're a team that's signed up for a certain amount of drama. As you mentioned, there's no need to rehash that and a certain amount of adversity on top of it. And then you have a guy that missed a game because he wrecked his car, a guy you're counting on, you know, a guy who's been called to the coach's office on record, yeah. tell him to stop questioning things and be more of a leader. And then you have a coach that hasn't held people to account because John Johnson and in, in Delpit never got benched. And then Delpit got benched for one play coming out of the bye week, one play. Right. And that shows that your disciplinary system is just a complete joke. And then this happens on Christmas Eve, the bye week. Like it's really only one step above Christmas week when Josh Gordon just went on a flight and never came back. Like (laughs) it, it really is one step above that because that was 2014 and the Browns were an absolute joke and had no discipline, you know, no leadership, no anything. And now they just have better players. That's all. That's all. They're in last place. And so, Right, Jason, like this year was always going to be about next year. Did that give Kevin a free pass? Maybe, maybe not. Did that always ho- hover over everything and asterisk everything? Sure, right? But you get to the end of the year and this guy's not here. And now there's now there's accountability? I mean, it just says either Stefanski wants out or he's going to be out. That's That's, that's yeah. how I read it 20 minutes after hearing the news. So you think you think that's it? You think the coach is gone? No, I, I'm going to be careful not to say that. But you know, my thought midway through the fourth quarter on on Saturday, before we knew this, was you better not lose the next three, the last three, because you know that at that time the game w- was over. And the Browns really did lose it before the last drive. Credit to Deshaun for making the throws that he made, and and you know they got that holding call and he had really some gutty completions on that last drive, Right. I, I just like, it's out in everybody's face. Right. And like, I think they have been able to keep everything internal and they truly believe they're on the right track, even though they're very much a middle middling team. But when this happens with this guy, because look guys, the thought of trading miles Garrett, whether he asks for it or not, or whether he says for it or not, like that doesn't work. Cause you're all in on right now. So recouping first-round picks doesn't really mean anything. Right. This says that it, it's broken. And as I've said all along, okay, fire Joe Woods, fire Mike Prefer, fire the defensive staff. What, what, what really does that fix? And if it doesn't work with Miles Garrett and it goes about in this fashion, which puts your business out there and shows for the second straight year that the head coach might have lost the locker room, then the head coach can't come back if he's lost the locker room for a second straight year
1: it's so weird because I I wrote after the Ravens game that this is proof that they they're still in and they still believe because players have all the control. There's 53 is bigger than one. And if the 53 don't want the one, then they can band together and make sure that the one doesn't come back. Is that fair?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair.
1: And, and so you lose the Bengals, you lose any realistic chance of the playoffs. It's another bitter, bitter, disappointing season, another bitter, disappointing loss. And I kind of went into the Ravens game thinking okay let's see let's see if they're still bought in or not and the, the performance against Baltimore showed me that they were bought in, and then to turn around and now here we are having this conversation this exact conversation I thought we were going to avoid seven days later, but I can't argue with what you're saying that if if they lose if they lose out, if they go to Washington and they lose and they go to Pittsburgh and they lose, and it's embarrassing. We know Pittsburgh means something to this ownership group i i I, I don't think i don't think Kevin's job is in jeopardy. I still don't think that. Although again, we don't have the details of what happened yet. We have a pretty good idea. I think you and I do, but we can't we can't say for certain. Well, guys, what I mean, I mean let's yeah, no, but let's just say it, Jason. Like, why do guys get
2: a one drive suspension? Violations of team rules. Being right. late, blowing off meetings, smarting off to coaches, doing little right. things that that's why it happens. Right.
1: That leader that leaders, frankly, team captains should not be doing. If you're Correct. a team captain, you should be there on time. And, and we're like, you, you should not have minor rules and fractions if you're a captain. That's that's how I view it. Sure, sure. Right, like,
2: not even close. That that That's absolutely fair. And, like I said, so it just so who highlights are here.
1: Are, are you putting this on Miles or are you putting this on Kevin not having control? I'm, I'm putting
2: it 50-50. Okay. And I'm just saying how – Okay, let me stick with what I always say here. Right. Perception does matter. And so when he's viewed, perception does matter in pro sports. So when he's viewed as not having control of the locker room. Right. When he's viewed as not being head coach, when the Browns are viewed as, yeah, they're talented, but I don't see it coming together. And then this comes out on Christmas Eve when you're sunk and have been sinking. Then then all of a sudden that view, there's only one way to see that view. And that is 100 percent correct. (sighs) And and, and I've said since the Miami since they completely no showed off the bye week, I've said I like Kevin, the person I want this to work. The Browns want this to work. The Browns always designed this to work. Right. But you cannot live with the ghosts of all the change in the past when you finally made it to a third year. And this is the result. All of the natural organic growth that's supposed to come in the third year. What's been there? And, okay, and then throw the asterisks in my face with the Deshaun thing, an unprecedented trade, an unprecedented situation. And then show me where we are here. game, right, the defense is capable of being top seven or, or bottom seven, not just in any game, but in any given moment. And your team captain and your most gifted player is getting a three-play suspension for violation of team rules in a second straight December where it appears the coach has lost the locker room. And if the coach hasn't lost the locker room, this is why I go to, this is why he continually hurts himself by never answering a question and never acting
1: like anything but a robot in public. I don't think anyone can argue. I don't, I don't think you can look and say that the Browns are better today than they were two years ago. I don't think anyone can make that. I mean, on paper, maybe you think talent-wise they are, but nothing on the field suggests that they're better now than they were nothing. two years ago. And, right. that's, and that's, that's problematic. Like, that—that that is problematic. I'm still not ready to fire the head coach, but, boy, I don't know what you can point to and say this is better now than it was two years ago. What? Right.
2: Right. And, and like, so when that happens in one year, like, that's the league. Right? The league is very tough. The league changes quickly and things change. And, and every single team has bad picks and good picks and bad years and all of that stuff. And then you have this, and it's like, eh. You know, like what again? I, I mean, what, all right, put it this you, way. Put it this way, because I'm kind of stuck. If we came on here, if we didn't just have any of that conversation, if we came on here and said, "Show me a list of where the Browns are getting better," w- we would we would again be three minutes in and be at a stopping point. What do we talk about next? And and again, like it, it re- a bunch of it really does come to the quarterback, and the results haven't been great. The quarterback is showing increased confidence. I mean, it wasn't the day for him to throw 30-some times, but, like, those balls in the last drive were on the money. Like, that – They were. Put it this way. People have this delusion that Deshaun Watson's going to flip a switch and the Browns are going to win games by 21 points all the time. No. That great quarterback, you're never out of a game, which he showed. Right? That great quarterback makes that one play, has that one sequence, which energizes you and lifts you and allows you to overcome things. That great quarterback, assuming that – flip is that switch is flipped excuse me does not mean that your game management errors that your discipline that your accountability that your awful special teams that your kicker's a lost cause that all the it doesn't fix any all of those things it can mask them it can deodorize them it doesn't fix any of those things so we can judge this thing through two realms and we were always judging it through a watson realm and a non-watson realm but i was in green bay last christmas Right, and we knew where the state of the Browns was. And they told us one thing we'll get rid of this quarterback, we're good. The Browns are worse. There's not a lot of answers. And frankly, we're talking about the head coach here. But like what have what have the other two guys in charge done in the offseason to make you think that they're gonna be anything but middling going forward? And that's when they had full resources, guys.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Don't forget if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a 1-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: What did you make of the report over the weekend that Jimmy liked what Tennessee's doing and wants to see more of it incorporated? <laughs>
2: it's the most unbelievable shit that only comes out here. It's just like hiring Jake Paul he shows up at the game, not in Brown's gear, and the next day he's punching a dildo on social media and flat out. <laughs> and, guys, that was a fake press conference. That did not happen in the real press room, by the way. They recorded that in the press conference when no one was there, and they actually showed. They made it seem like there was. Like, there is no bottom here. Guys, there is none. Yeah, that
1: was the actual. Yeah, so
2: what I, what I made of that report is, oh, my God, I cannot believe. I cannot believe what I'm reading. I see Greg H. in the comments, arguably the most frustrating season since they have been back. Yeah, yeah, you could have that argument because so few times have you had expectations. So few times, as in only twice, have you had coaches make it to a third year, had GMs make it to a third year, and supposed to build, supposed to clean things up, supposed to have that organic growth and those little things that happen that help you win games. Even if we weren't sitting here saying, like, Kevin's in any trouble or Miles didn't do this, when's the last time Kevin helped himself, right? At some point, he's got to.
1: I just can't believe you said punching a dildo on the – Well, did you not uh, see the on, video? On the, on the oh, I saw it. I just can't <laughs> believe that, like, like this is a conversation we're having.
2: Like, right. This, this, is, this, this is, is what the Browns constantly do. It starts at the top with ownership because that's who did that, ownership. J.W. Johnson, he's on the top of the lot roster, right? Yep. That's who did that, and this is what it always is. Your bet. Who, who's at the top of the locker room? Miles Garrett. What was he? Suspended. Who's at the top of the locker room? Deshaun Watson. What was he suspended for 11 games? Has scored one touchdown in each of the three that he's played. <laughs> like, <laughs> this this shit doesn't happen anywhere else. It just doesn't. No. Let's go to just the queue. Like, let's go to the queue and see see what people want to say or want to ask. Jamie S., uh, Jamie S., you're up. Thanks
3: for being here. Zach, long-time listener here. I also think, like, I think they signed Jake Paul for one reason, to get a few more people in the stands. I How'd think, that go for you? <laughs> well, I mean, we can't prove who signed well, there to see Jake Paul, but if, if people, if a hundred more fans came, that's helpful from Westlake.
1: Well, the, the, the Jake Paul thing was a total joke, right? Like, he's not really a Browns employee. This was all phony staged nonsense.
2: Right. It's, and it's, and the it's, owner play, it's the owner, like, playing like he's a nine-year-old
1: child right, right. That it's this this came only from from jw you would have to think who thought this would be funny this would be a great idea let's <laughs> you know let's put him out there and do this so jake paul's not really an employee of the problems this is all a joke Is is my is you know is my interpretation of it
2: yes that's your and, yes
1: and, that's right and, and and now 48 hours later he's in his kitchen punching a dildo
3: <laughs> go ahead jamie
1: <laughs> oh well i also think like like i put in the
3: comments but how many teams this division would survive with their quarterback bench for 11 games? Like okay, but Baltimore's they signed up for this. Like the, the
2: Ravens didn't ask Lamar to get hurt, right? Like, the, the Steelers didn't want... The Steelers, who are not in last place, right, didn't want Kenny Pickett to get a concussion or didn't want Mitch Trubisky to play the way he played. But, like, I understand him. what you're asking, but to say, okay, the Browns would be fine, that, that's, that's what I just laid out. The Browns were, I mean... Jacoby Brissett played great. They, they had like the number four DVOA offense in the first 11 games. Yeah. They were
3: three and eight. They were four and seven. My, I, so I think my, my final point would be, yeah, but that's credited. I would say a lot to parts to of Stefanski's offense, how he incredibly uh, well the offense performed, but I agree. It is on Stefanski to get multiple other things fixed in terms of, like you're saying, leadership issues, defense, special teams. If we perform poorly next year, Keeping everything intact, Joe Woods, Mike Preferred, then yeah, I'm blaming Stefanski. But if he brings okay. in new people on so, defense, new special teams, we're often running with the fresh year with Watson. I, but also, the entire narrative flips if Njoku catches that ball and walks in the end zone. Watson is celebrated as the next Bernie Kosar, leads a game winning drive. I, I've also seen enough flashes of watson's plays where quarterbacks in the browns past are not making those plays no like sure I'm, they they paid him like that and he, and he has he has shown
2: those flashes there's no doubt now there's no so, such thing as a walk-in touchdown i mean the ball's put between two defenders he gets blasted right it's not as easy as it just hits him right in the hands he has to catch the ball
3: right no, they've doubled down on this guy three given times the success with brissette wouldn't and baker mayfield wouldn't you say like okay we can put that and like Stefanski can fit watson into a mold to be even more successful given his natural tools and ability right
2: i right i would ask you jamie how many times when a coach and a gm start the
3: season on the hot seat does it really work out like
2: why are they on the hot seat because they're not good enough i wouldn't say stefanski's on the hot seat if he fires okay all right then we're just Okay, then you live in delusional world. You love third place. The Browns have been in third place for four straight years, and this is five if they finish in third. So you, this things are going great then? Like changing, firing Joe Woods is going to make everything better? Like if you believe that, that's fine. But that's that to me is not close to reality. I, I, want, think
1: Kevin, oh. I, I think Kevin does start next year on the hot seat. I don't think there's any question about that. I also think if they fix the defensive tackles, they go a long way in fixing a lot of the defensive issues, and this season looks a lot different. I also agree, you know, Amari Cooper in the back of the end zone, if he catches that pass, like they're not that far off. But the problem is, we always say that about the Browns. They're not that far off. Not well, two things can be true at the off.
3: same time. It's the most important season of Stefanski's career, no doubt. But he has to fix a lot at the same time. The one, right, so, that, so this,
1: the one, go ahead,
3: go ahead Jason, go ahead.
1: Well, no, the one thing that you've said that I think makes a lot of sense, you've said this for a few weeks now. I think there's going to be major changes on both sides of his staff. Like we keep talking about the defensive side. I think there could be a lot of changes in the offensive side, guys leaving for different jobs, guys leaving of their own accord, whatever. And the problem you're going to run into that, Zach, you've made you've eloquently made this point is everybody knows that Kevin's in trouble. So are you really going to leave and come to a job that you may have for two months? And then everybody's getting fired, and then what do you do? So would you really leave a stable place wherever you're at to come here, even if there's right. a promotion. And, and that's where, that's where I get a little bit concerned about, okay, we keep talking about, they're going to make these changes in staff fine, but who are they really going to get? And that, and that's the part that is troublesome to me.
2: It is. And this is why like miles, miles and Denzel Ward, first of all, aren't your problem from a talent standpoint. It's that you haven't had it any other, you haven't drafted a pro bowler since Nick Chubb. Right. Um, but like Miles and Denzel Ward are your recruiters for the next defensive coordinator. And if Miles is going to ask out or can't be trusted to go to meetings <laughs> or whatever this is, then that's another thing, right? Like that my, if Miles is not happy, maybe it is just Joe Woods. And maybe Miles will say, you know, I blew it and, and this fine. But like you got to think it's deeper seated and they haven't put enough good players around him. You know when yeah. he de- when he's he and Clowney don't start today. Clowney's not in uniform because of a concussion. It's Chase Winovich and Alex Wright who are starting for you. Like that that's a contender. So no, it, it is not as easy as fire the coach, but to act like he's not on the hot seat and that
3: things are great. Like well. He doesn't have to, things aren't great, but he's also, I wouldn't say on the hot seat. I don't think it means like, yeah, we okay. need to make some major changes, but that doesn't mean our coach is on the hot seat. We saw it off 0-3. I'm not firing him. Okay, so you'll do, you just love
2: being in third place at best every year. Why are we going to be in third place next year? Because you just said if they start 0-3, he's still not in trouble. So I'm going on that premise. But then we can be tenants. Because, Jamie, because they're in third place every year. That's why every year they're in third place. Again, four straight years. This will be five if they can get there. Since oh, last November 1st, do. they're like seven games under 500. I mean, for, for, I just he's not on the hot seat. Like, I, I don't thank you for being with us. Like, I, I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that firing him is the answer, but to say he's not on the hot seat is just not reality. uh sarah c you're up
3: so how do we know that this garrett thing it wasn't related to him having some illness for the past or for the past week it doesn't actually because the coach said it was a team issue. issue
2: yes the coach said it was a team issue that's exactly how he answered the grand open question yes the coach was asked the question in a public forum and given the chance to say that i mean you don't sit your best player if miles is not well with his shoulder or some illness then he doesn't dress but
4: okay, he, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, yeah,
1: if it's an illness, he says it's an illness, but for him to say it's a team thing, my decision that means that one hundred percent means it's disciplinary, right.
3: all right, well, then it is what it is, I guess not a good yeah. look, but, nope. I, I don't know it's it's hard for me for me to sit here and say, Kevin should hundred percent be on the hot seat, but it, this stuff isn't good, is it?
2: No, it's, it's, it's not. It's no fun to talk about either. Like, it's just not. And, like, before that thing, I was sitting here scribbling a column for today and, and, like, talking points for this, Jason, and it was, like, evaluating, you know, everything based on it really has been over since the Buffalo game, right? It really has been over since, since you acquired Watson and knew he wasn't going to be there all year. But, like, you know, it's not getting any better. So that that's the frustrating part. Sarah, thanks for being with us. I know you're in this chat a lot. Thanks for coming on and thanks for being you know, along.
3: Thanks for the, for the work, all you guys.
2: Yep. Jack H. Jack H. If you're there, go ahead. Sarah, sorry I, I cut you off too quick. There, trying oh, to get you're to Jack. Good. Jack, uh, are you up? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm here. I'm
4: here. Um, it's crazy how <laughs> people. I I don't know what Jamie's talking about. What makes me think this theme's gonna be in third or last place uh, next year? <laughs> Have you seen the past what? 20 some years or something like, sure. Yeah. (laughs) There's no reason to believe it. And you've been in that building. You've worked in that building as a team writer. You, you know what the dysfunction is. This is not normal. Micah Parsons doesn't get benched. Aaron Donald doesn't get benched. Um, TJ Watt doesn't get benched. JJ Watt doesn't get benched. This is completely not normal at all. Um, So I don't know what anybody's talking about. And uh, he's sick. No, he's not sick. (laughs) I mean, it. I don't know. It's just crazy how this dysfunction keeps happening no matter who the coach is, no matter who the GM is, no matter who the owner is, and it's infuriating to sit here and watch it again and again and again. And there's no reason to believe it won't happen again next year. And that's pretty much all I have to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks. That, that's a good take. And, and Jason, we've talked about, you and I have talked about this. I haven't said it in a public forum, but I'm just going to say, going back to the Philly scrimmage, right? Watching them come in and watching Nick Sirianni and guys, a Mount guy, I don't know him personally. I've talked to him one time. I, I know a lot of the Mount guys. But watching how he interacted with his players, watching how he wore a Lane Johnson t-shirt to practice that day and went through the stretch lines, dapped up every single guy. Watching how he went afterwards and was asked about Jacoby Brissett and lit up and talked about it and complimented him and went out of his way to say, we're, this is awesome to be here and I respect the heck out of these guys. And we're just like, To me, he acted like a head coach. And I don't know Nick's day to day business, right? But like, I just don't see Kevin acting like a head coach. And then this comes up and it's like, oh, you suspended him for three plays just after you suspended a guy for one play? Like, are you a head coach? It's it's a fair question to ask.
1: So what, if Miles does something wrong, which we can only assume that he's not going to bench Miles for no reason. So if Miles does something wrong, what is the appropriate? And I'm not asking this sarcastically. I'm, I'm I'm truly asking. What is the what is the appropriate way to handle it?
4: Yeah,
2: uh, that's a great question. R- remember back when Braylon Edwards and Mangini had the water bottle incident and he got fined seventeen thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, remind me. I don't. Really yeah, so, the details Yeah. So
2: Braylon, they went on a preseason trip to Green Bay or something, and Br- Braylon didn't pay his three ninety five to the hotel for getting a water bottle. Okay. You know that he should have. So yeah. the team got billed for it and Mangini fined him for a violation of team rules. And it got out because Brandon was mad about it and Mangini probably didn't need to do that. Right. But that was Mangini's way of saying we have to knock this shit off. And so let's just do fair assumptions, not accusations here. If Miles really got suspended for a series, do you think it's the first time the shit didn't get knocked off? No, probably not. Right. Like he probably wasn't five in the crappy weather. He probably wasn't five minutes late for the walkthrough. Right. Maybe he was, but like guys have been forever. I mean, once TJ Ward was, and Shermerson said, Why aren't you here? And he said, Don't worry about it, coach. I'm going to be here a lot longer than you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, God. one time Wayne Red walked out of the team hotel, in the security guard in the lobby saw him and said, Where are you going? He said, Don't worry about it. Just find me. He started the next day. Like, this is how the NFL works. So, to get to game 16, and your most gifted player gets a three play suspension tells me that it wasn't the first time and it wasn't a water bottle or a five minute late to walk through.
1: So, so like, so to me, that's a good thing. Like you're holding guys accountable.
2: Right. So like, but that tells me, no, I know what you're saying, but no, I don't read it that way. Let me, let me take a step back. I read it as there's a big time accountability problem throughout that and and to take that step and only suspend him for three plays. This is just the kind of stuff that happens to bat to to, in lost seasons. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't think that I am. And only a person who thinks that Kevin's not on the hot seat would argue with me on that. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... All right, let's get to a couple more and we'll get out of here. We're about at 30 minutes. Timothy O. You're up. Go ahead, Tim. Hey, guys. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, and forgive me if you've already talked about this, but how much change do you guys anticipate there being on the defensive side of the ball as
3: far as player, like player personnel, and specifically a player like John Johnson? You know how, With how some of these guys have played this year, how much is to blame on the scheme and all that? Um, I'm just curious your thoughts on that.
2: Okay, so John in particular has 12-plus has mil guaranteed. So they can pay him 12 to play for him or they can pay like seven, three, two for them, not to play for him, not to play for them. You know, otherwise um, Elliot's got one more year and Garrett's under contract, but Clowney's not Brian's not uh, Deion Jones is not Anthony Walker is not uh, Phillips is back for one more year, but he's shown you that he can't play JOK is under contract for two more years. So, yeah, I mean, Starting defensive tackle and big game changing defensive tackle would be, one. Tackle would be one. As far as John Johnson and Delphi going under contract for one more year, they don't have any depth at safety whatsoever. So I think that's part of why they played. So, you know, could they could they move on from John Johnson and attack that? Um yes, I think safety is probably one of the easier positions to find. But they're again to me they're all in and they're not in a position of letting go of players that they think can even be semi-productive, especially it, when they have to pay them either way, which is the case with John. What's Maybe you said this. I was I was trying to look something up. What's what's John's dead cap number for next year? Well, I mean, the 13 is guaranteed. So it the, the cap number is a little higher than what's guaranteed, which is 12-something. So he's going to cost, like I said, he's either going to be on the team and cost you 13, or you could June 1 cut him and it'll cost you around a little more than half that, and then it, it would also cost you in the next couple of years, like Austin Hooper.
1: I still I still think if they fix the defensive tackle issue it fixes a lot of the other problems. Deion Jones is not going to be back. That was a you know, it was an experiment when they were low on linebackers. They took a chance yeah. on him. I, he hasn't been good. Uh, I, I do think maybe Anthony Walker's back. Uh Taki Taki was playing well. We'll see with the injury. I don't know how long if that'll Yeah, he doesn't have a contract either. Yeah, he doesn't have I a contract think- either. I think he could be back. I thought he was actually playing his best football. Yeah,
2: yeah, I but um, I mean, he got hurt on December 4th. So you're, you're looking at a guy that would be back for after six weeks. You'd be looking at a PUP situation. But I just, yeah,
1: he, I, yeah. I, I just, I, I think defensive tackle is the biggest hole on this team. And, you know, I, some of the players in the locker room felt like Perron Winfrey that maybe he could, he could play a little bit, but he's got some growing up to do, obviously. He's got some maturity issues. Uh-huh. He's another one that, that we've talked about all year long. Uh, but Tommy Togi, I I would move on from. I don't think there's anything there. Jordan Elliott has not really impressed me. A couple flash plays here or there, but really nothing. Taven Bryan hasn't been good. I don't know how you overhaul this because there are other needs, and obviously there's no first round pick. Free agent free agent money is going to be limited. We've talked about that before, but they have to find a way to upgrade the tackles one way or another. Right. That that that's most glaring. Um. You know, Denzel
2: – people have said trade Denzel Ward. First of all, it's crazy talk. Secondly, he just signed 71 guaranteed. Like, that cap number would sink you if, if yeah. you moved on from him. So, I think given the way that Emerson has come on and that Greg Newsom's not a slot corner, I would think trading him would be on the table. But, again, they don't get rid of their own guys, and Greg has not had a great year. So, like, what's his value? You know? I mean, how many? you're not trying to acquire any more third and fifth round picks. You're trying to get assets. And I think with pick 40 or whatever it's going to be, I think the most likely thing to do is trade that for a proven player to a team that's doing it that. because, like I said, you just have you just have to keep doubling down on your bets in this situation. You don't have a first rounder. You you have money committed to guys, big time money. They spent four hundred million last year in guarantees, right? Like that, you you have to keep going with what you have.
5: Hey Zach. Yep. Yep. Hey, so sorry I don't know what happened earlier, but thanks for bringing me back on. But so, what if it was just Miles Garrett calling out the defensive coordinator behind the scenes? Like, literally, I mean, everybody's done it in public fashion also. But when you hear your linebacker coach saying you can't make adjustments and you don't make adjustments, at some point, your star player is going to get really frustrated and upset. Like, why not fire the guy and make some changes? Uh,
2: it's a good question. I think you're kind of asking two things there, right? Um, why not fire the guy and why, and maybe Miles. Was only speaking about him to or two different things,
5: right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, all I'm saying is that Miles Garrett, he's gotten frustrated with the defensive coordinator all year long, and he was frustrated with them last year also. So, don't you listen to your star players and do sometimes what they want, even though obviously you have to control the locker room. But at some point, when you just continue to see play after play after play where they literally just run in the ball down your throat and you don't make any changes and you don't come after anybody. I mean, that type of thing gets you fired.
2: Yeah. I, I think you just laid out a plausible scenario in which miles got a short suspension for something like that and that they will fire Joe Woods and revamp the defensive staff. It just seems my read of it is no, because why would the last week have been the week? Why would this have been the moment if that was that?
5: I think Miles is completely frustrated with Stefanski too. I think he'd like to see. Sure, think There's I'm probably saying, a I'm lot saying, of players that, that do want right. to have him fun. So well, that, the issue that, is, that, 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 that's what we're saying. Yeah, if you're going to suspend him, it should have been done weeks and months ago. If if you're going to suspend people, but you got to hold everybody accountable the same way. And if you're not going to, then you have no accountability whatsoever. Right. That, that's what we're saying here is like that.
2: You know, you need you need Miles on board. So for this to happen, is just something that, that happens in a completely lost season. Like,
4: Do you think there's a chance can get Sean Payton? No, no,
2: well, Sean Payton's under contract, so, so what draft, draft picks does have trade for? Like a third, fourth-round pick? Sean Payton would Sean not would want to work for the I Hazards. Can't He's can't too smart for, the the for that. And I don't and think, I don't think, that think that a fourth-round pick four is going to get him. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but I, I think Sean Payton in good weather and good ownership
5: works. My really? other one would be Eric the Enemy. What about at the Enemy? Because he's a uh, real fiery guy. 17, 17 teams have on the chance to hire Eric the Enemy. Why? I don't know.
2: But it happens every year. He's been the number one candidate, been interviewed by everybody every year. He never gets hired. Okay, last question. What about Mike Variables? <laughs> Uh why the Browns didn't hire Vrabel before is a great question. I think Mike Vrabel's the next coach at Ohio State, and I don't think Mike Vrabel would want anything to do with this ownership either. I mean who would?
1: And, and how would they get him? How would they yeah. get Vrabel? He's already head coach. Right. You gonna make him GM? Like Right. It's a lateral move.
2: Yeah. Like he's I, 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 Mike Vrabel. It's a fair question, but I, I, I really think Mike is going to be the head coach at Ohio State in two weeks. At least there's a chance I think that's going to happen.
1: Well, I I made this joke, couple not to sidetrack this whole thing, but I made the joke a couple weeks ago. Ryan Day basically has to win a national championship because making the playoff was actually worse for him. Coming off the <laughs> Michigan loss. I mean, think about it. If they lose to Georgia, I, it's really going to get cranked up on him. If they beat Georgia and lose to Michigan in the title game and he loses to Michigan twice, it's too right. Oh my God in heaven, just sell the house and go now before they burn it down. Like, yeah. seriously, making the playoff was almost bad for Ryan because there's only one, cho- you only got one choice now, and that's win the whole thing, as Jake Taylor would say. But that's yeah. th- so you might be right on that. That's, that's a whole other tangent. Well, but let the me point- sum
2: this whole thing up by saying, in no way did I think that we would be talking about the coaching search, but I started to shift when they were so unprepared off the bye week. And what have they done since?
1: Uh, not much. They just, they just haven't. They just haven't. So I, it's... I do think when, the, when the last, I was going to say caller when the, when the last gentleman said uh, Miles is probably frustrated with Stefanski. I think Miles is frustrated with the entire organization. Like it's not even, it's not even a, a just a player coach thing. It's the fact that he's been here for six years and he's been in the playoffs once. He's played one playoff game in six years. Right. And, and he, we're talking he, Miles about wants to be defensive player of the down.
2: year. I'm not putting any words in his mouth. He talks openly about it. And he knows that he won't win it because Micah Parsons' team is in a playoff hunt. Joey Bosa's team is in a playoff hunt. Even T.J. Watt, who's played half the year, his team is in a playoff hunt. Yeah. Like, the Browns aren't. They, they but Miles don't. also doesn't help
1: himself when he's doing 120
2: miles an hour double. That's right. That's right. All right, one more. Thanks, thanks for chiming in. Kyle in the chat asks, what are the chances the Browns hire Josh Heupel? I mean, I would like to say absolutely zero, but we're talking about the Cleveland Browns. And Jason, good on you for bringing up that point. I, I kind of read that before I went to sleep the other night, and I'm, I've still been on like 17 different medications. Um, like, for that to get out, I want to be more like the Tennessee offense. Tennessee also, guys, didn't didn't win the SEC East. <laughs> like, right. right. Like, <laughs> um, that, that is just all time, all time, only here. It really is. And maybe not only here, you know, the Broncos finally fired their coach today, 15 weeks too late. The Texans are a dumpster fire, but looking across the AFC, the Broncos are one of the few teams that you would definitively rather be the Browns than them right now.
1: Oh, for sure. Sure. That contract's a disaster with Russ.
2: Yes. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for your passion. And again, like sometimes I, I sit down to type these columns and these stories out and I pound my head because I would love for something else to write about, you know. And then when this happens, guys don't make themselves available in the locker room. You know, they don't want to talk about anything else. Like, you know how this goes, Jason. It just, it goes in a hurry. And it it really does. And when this team made the playoffs their first year, I really thought, okay, like they have the right guys. I mean, remember how the 2020 Browns played? Stefanski did not trust Baker for a large part of that season. They just played a button-down game. The other team made the mistakes. It looked like they had the correct level of discipline and intelligence and adaptability, right, all of these things. And it's just it's been regression since. And there, there are plenty of things you can point to. And when you guys say, why haven't they fired Joe Woods, I, I, I think that's a valid question, but they haven't. They're not going to today. What, what good would it do? And, again, as I, as I look at the defensive roster and look at where they've spent their money, in free agency and they just doubled down on Conklin again. Like they have a way of doing things that they truly believe in. And this way of doing things keeps landing them in either third or fourth place. It just does. It continually, you get to the end of the year and there are major holes. And if the head coach really has lost the locker room for the second straight year, then he has to go. That's nothing personal. That's not divulging any details or speaking out of school. If he's lost the locker room for a second straight year, then he has to go. And guess who really holds all the power? Well, partly the guy who brought in Jake, Powell, Jake Paul. read the mess. part of the issue. But Deshaun <laughs> Watson does, guys. You gave him an – he told you no. He told you thank you, but no thank you. So he can come out now and say, I love Kevin Stefanski, and Kevin Stefanski in that meeting in my lawyer's office blew me away, and this offense is the one for me. Two days later, he told the Browns no thanks. And the next day, they gave him a record contract. This is the Cleveland Browns. Thank you for listening.